0: On this episode of Comics and Cinema, your intrepid host goes over his thoughts, feelings, and memories from Black Panther to Spider-Man Far From Home. This is the Infinity Saga and me, Phase 3, Part 2. Hey everybody and welcome. Wow, what an intro. Thanks so much for that. It's a a great way to be welcomed here into uh, the comics and cinema family. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and today is the finale, the culmination of the Infinity Saga and me. uh, Something that I wanted to do for a long time, which was talk about my love for the Marvel Universe and also my love for the movies within that universe. So we are nearing the end. During this episode, we're going to be talking about six movies – Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, Avengers Endgame, and Spider-Man Far From Home. Wow 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 wow. Now I will say I did have some thoughts and speak on Spider-Man Far From Home back when the movie came out. Though uh we'll see when I get there by the time I get there if I do have any fresh thoughts, but everything else here it should be fresh since I haven't talked about any of these movies. So let's dive right in. Where did we leave off? Um oh right, Thor Ragnarok. Uh after seeing that movie uh, that was that was the uh, the Marvel Renaissance for me, and the, and the reason I say that, and I mentioned that in the prior one as well, was Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy, Spider Man Homecoming. Those were all phenomenal movies. They were all great movies. I had a ton of fun, but there was just something something missing from them that I got in Thor Ragnarok. I I, I can't describe it yet. I don't know what it is. I mean, obviously it's a, it's a mix of comedy. It's the the characters that were in there like I love Hella, I love Thor, but I also like Spider-Man is 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 always been my favorite Marvel character. Yet when I watch any it just seems like when I watch any Spider-Man movie it's like a piece is missing, like I'm always wanting more from a Spider-Man movie, and then obviously with Guardians of the Galaxy, loved it as well, but it it just, it was, I don't know, I wanted something new, and I wanted something fresh, and Thor Ragnarok really scratched that itch for me, but now we are getting into the territory where everything felt fresh, during this last, what would it be, no, it was two years, these last two years, it's just been home run after home run in my eyes for these marvel movies and obviously they have varying degrees of success and appreciation in my eyes but none of them were bad they were all fantastic so uh the year kind of went on in november december and all of a sudden we start i finally got to see the black panther trailer and I knew that this movie was gonna be great because in both trailers, one trailer the uh the song that plays in the trailer was Bag Back by um Vince Staples. And then in the second trailer it was um oh man, it was Run the Jewels, but it was uh what is it? What was the name of the song? Something about a king or uh this Oh, Step into the Spotlight i think is no the legend has it it's legend has it but stepping into the spotlight's the main thing but that just that part where it's like uh in the in the uh, song they they sing over that spot but in the trailer it's that last bit in the trailer when black panther is doing his flip from the car and he lands on the car and it's like, step into the spotlight. And then he lands on the car and the Black Panther logo comes up in gold and it does that like, and it was like, oh my gosh, like the bass was so loud. The song slapped, the trailer slapped. And uh, I was so happy that both those songs were because I knew both of those songs and I was like, this is incredible. So I couldn't wait for that movie. Uh, I went and saw that opening night obviously um and that would have been opening night in castle rock when i lived when i uh, back when i lived in castle rock colorado Uh, i went and saw it It was it would have been me it was me and my wife and my brother my my buddy matt my other buddy ben the who i see a lot of these marvel movies with and then i actually had a, a co-worker and his wife came and saw it as well. well, I don't, I don't even think I got introduced to his wife, but his name was Harold, and, um, it was just, it was a, it was a great movie to see, and honestly, it was a great movie to see, too, with, um, uh, with those two fellows, Ben, Ben and Harold are both African American, and I thought that that enhanced the showing for me, just because there was a lot of lines that it see, especially, and I'm, I'm saying this specifically for Harold, but, um, just okay. So the one that sticks out to me is if you remember in the movie when, uh, when the sis when Shuri uh, sees Martin Freeman's character and says "colonizer," uh, he Harold wouldn't stop laughing. Like he laughed so hard, and he he has a, an amazing laugh. Like it was such a great laugh, and he he laughed so much in this movie because the dialogue was so witty and smart and uh obviously it was it was a an almost all black cast in this film and um it just i don't know it was it was great to see that on screen and you could just feel it even for me and i'm not black watching the film I was like, "Wow, this movie is going to have an impact." Like I, I could tell the minute the movie started. I was just the the set design, the production, the costumes, the, uh, the just, and a lot of the background too. My my the one thing I'll remember the most about Black Panther is Chadwick Boseman did an interview, and I don't remember who he did it with, but they were saying that he has a sort of um, it's like a not necessarily a Nigerian accent, but it's it's like an Af- a very a- African accent. And people had asked him, well, you know, why it, you know why it isn't uh, like a British accent? I think was the way the interview went. And he was saying something about like uh, having a British accent implies that we were conquered and the British basically ruled over us, and no one has ever conquered Wakanda. And I was like. That is the coolest thing in the world, and those are the little things, the littlest things that separate Marvel movies from other films. They just, they take care with, like, this, in, in lesser hands, all of these characters could have been way worse, the story could have been dumb, but this movie was just so powerful and moving and the whole uh, concept of the of the movie of like a hidden society that is decades and miles ahead of everyone else around it struggling with trying to keep that secrecy in society and and op- eventually opening its doors and uh, you know to the rest of the world, that's a tough thing and that's a, that's a tough thing to grasp. but even more so for a, a black culture like that or an African culture like that, it's just, to have that be a marvel movie it's like i mean the box office says it all right like that movie that was one of the that was the first i'm thinking right yes yeah, it's, it's the high it wasn't it the highest grossing solo film debut for a marvel character which is a, i know that's getting into football statistics but basically the only movies that had grossed a billion dollars at this point were the avengers iron man 3 um uh, Avengers Age of Ultron Captain America Civil War and and that was it and so all of those were either team-up movies or Iron Man 3 was a the a, a threequel a sequel so this was the first movie that broke a billion dollars in that regard and um, the best part about that was most of that money came from America, if, if, I'm, if I'm remembering correctly. So the fact that you had just, you know, oodles and oodles of people in society saying that, and I'm, I'm, t- I'm looking at Box Office Mojo, but people in society, you know, oh, uh, we don't need diversity in our movies. We don't need this, that, and the other. Just stick with being straight white males, please, and thank you. Um, that's, it's, it's funny. It's such a small group of people that are saying those things yet it feels like it's more and that's how it's always been right like any any movie black panther captain marvel star wars any movie that you can remember in recent memory that's just been zinged and panned the entire production way of like we're gonna be boycotting this movie it has a female lead and that sucks Uh, And every single time the movie just completely defies expectations. And that's because these really tight, small little uh, pockets of terrible people have a much louder voice online than the swaths of people that show up to the box office and speak with their wallets. So uh, that was a really, and and I, I personally never subscribed to that in the first place, like when uh when black panther was announced or, or even when the uh, those sort of announcements came out of uh-oh you know there are parts of the internet that don't seem to like black panther before the movie came out i never once was like uh-oh like this movie's gonna be in trouble every single maybe the first time i was like i didn't i wasn't worried it wasn't gonna do well but i did have that fear of like is there going to be like people in this movie being mean and uh like you know you know standing up or throwing stuff at the theater screen or whatever and that's just because you know i'm kind of a paranoid guy, but uh, when that didn't happen the first time, that, that thought cro- didn't even cross my mind anymore, so by the time that Black Panther came out, Captain Marvel came out, I almost, I laughed whenever I saw that stuff, I was like, awesome, there they are, like, this wouldn't be a, a diverse movie without a small group of idiots complaining about diversity in movies, so, uh, so that was just cool to see, and that's happened every single time with Black Panther and with Captain Marvel, of just completely blowing the lid off of the expectations that people had for those films so um black panther like i said opening night was just it was so fun and so magical and it 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 was to that point where you know there's certain movies when you watch them that when you think back on those movies you almost feel a color i don't know if that's if that's something anyone else experiences but there's certain things can could be a movie book music for me as well uh memories Whenever I'm thinking about certain things, it's like a color kind of pops up. Like when I'm, you know, like when I'm thinking of the summer. Typically, in the if I'm thinking of the summer, the first colors that kind of pop into my head is like a a warm orange, a warm red. And Black Panther was so good and so uh, such just beautiful colors. Anytime I think of that movie, it's purple. It's that royal purple that T'Challa has on his um, his kinetic energy that's building up on his suit. Uh, there's some great CGI. I think at the end, the, oh my goodness, the CGI in the beginning and the end. The beginning when um, uh, what's his name, Sterling K. Brown is explaining to his son Killmonger about uh, Wakanda. That was just gorgeous, and even better in four K. And uh, the the end credits when when there's all the like different statues and stuff just oh it just was so beautiful. And then if you guys get a chance, I would really recommend listening to that audio commentary because I think her name is Ruth Carter, the uh, the production designer who won an Oscar for Black Panther. She is incredible, absolutely incredible. It, literally opening minutes of this uh, commentary, she's talking about. She had like a 400-page binder, multiple binders of different fabrics and pieces and things that she had kind of come up with for this film that they would go through these binders every day. And it was like, just to know that that was the level of commitment and love that was put into this film, it's like, no this. it's no wonder why it won its Oscars. It's no wonder why it made as much money as it did. Because these, uh, these films, they're just, they're made with, most of the time, they're made with love. And this is a clear, clear example of a movie made with pure love, pure passion. Uh, that's by, and I apologize, that's by Ryan Coogler. Uh, Ryan Coogler directed it and also directed or wrote it along with Joe Robert Cole. Uh, Cole, produced by Kevin Feige. So the funny thing too, in terms of sto- stories, is, uh, and you know, you know what's crazy to me too is, and I'm probably sh- sh- uh, yelling at the wind, but. Um, Box office Mojo sucks. They they were so good and easy to work with and it is almost impossible to find things. I just and I'm just going to have to google Black Panther. I was just trying to make a comparison between all those dollar figures but this thing just isn't helping me. So, yeah, so it made 700 million domestic and 646 million worldwide uh, international for a 1.3 billion in um in a cumulative, uh, it doesn't even have any related movies. How about all of the Marvel movies? That would be great. Can you please have me compare all the Marvel movies? Because I'm pretty sure, like, if I go to uh, Age of Ultron, I bet you that number is very, very different. Uh, yeah. Okay. So domestically, it only made four hundred and fifty-nine million. Most of Avengers' money comes from international waters, from nine hundred and forty-three million. So you got four hundred and fifty-nine million for Age of Ultron. And Black Panther made 700000000 million. I'm actually, let's just, I bet you Google's going to tell me about a list, list of Marvel box office. Uh, someone's got to have it. Here we go. Box office rankings, first seven days. Of it. I don't want the first seven days. I am, I, guys, I'm about to go off here if I don't find, um, here we go, list of highest ranking uh, superhero movies. So yeah, so Avengers Endgame, obviously number one. Uh, Avengers Infinity War number two Avengers Age of Ultron oh so yeah Black Panther outsold Iron Man three and Captain America Civil War that's just I I just I don't know I mean I've I've said it and said it I'll say it again it's just that it's so phenomenal that that's that's what happened and not and we haven't even gotten to really the story of this film I sort of talked about it but I think it's a really great story too I love I love 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 Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger he he at that point because thanos hadn't come out he became my favorite villain of the MCU at that time i was like wow cuz at that point it was kind of a uh fighting contest between um uh baron zemo and i'm um, trying to see if there's even any other characters in here that that stood that test you know you could kind of say ultron was an amazing villain but that's just because i know more about ultron because of the comics he's not the greatest villain in that one movie but he could definitely come back um yeah i mean winter soldier as well great villain but the villain was bucky and he's a good guy so i guess you could say maybe that but uh looking at all the others yeah no 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 i would say best villain was killmonger and then obviously now my favorite villain's thanos but um killmonger was just so that scene where he shoots his girlfriend And then Kill's um, Claw was just inspired. I did not see that coming. It was a great twist. I love any time, you've heard this before, I love any time a movie shakes up the status quo of the plot. Because most movies tend to rely on the exact same tropes. And it was really, really nice to see Black Panther taking some strides away from that. I loved any scene with Shuri was great. She stole the movie for me. Loved Chadwick Boseman. But for some reason, Shuri just really stood out. And so did Okoye. She did great. As did... uh, her not nah, well his girlfriend the girl he had a crush on was uh I it was good I was glad to see Lupita in the movie obviously but she didn't have a lot to do she was still a great character and had a lot of good development like that scene with her and uh, and Okoye where they are kind of fighting over their duty that was a really powerful scene and again something that you wouldn't see in a typical movie but overall i just you know i liked her more as a supporting character i guess than as a character herself so hopefully she gets some more more to work with in the next film but overall it was just it was nice too that it was so distanced from the rest of the mcu even though you still had claw and it was funny the the only two white people that are in this movie are also in prior Marvel movies, so technically they didn't have any new white actors in this film, I don't think, uh, I'm trying to, I don't think, no, no, I don't think so, um, which is nice, I like that, I, I, again, I'm, I'm just a, I'm a huge believer in diversity, uh, not just because it's the right thing to do, but for some, some, some reasons it's like, come on, I'm bored, like, every movie i see has the same like straight white cast like i love seeing diverse movies because it adds another layer of interest into the film um i just you know when you get to the point where you've seen as many movies as i have and i I know for a fact there are people out there that have seen way more movies than me but i feel even worse for them because when you see the amount that i've seen. Any chance that I can get to see a fresh movie, something that I didn't expect, a twist that I didn't see coming, a an acting choice or, or a cast like this, it just warms my heart and makes me love the cinema more because to me that's the cinema evolving, that's movies evolving and and catering to the, uh, the fans and the customers of today. Uh, America alone is an incredibly diverse country. And so to have that sort of representation in the films uh, and then again in Captain Marvel and obviously, you know, in some spots in Avengers Endgame, we'll get to that. But uh, now that we know in a lot of their future movies as well, will be very diverse. So it's just that that seeing that in the movie and, and having that be my final thought on this film is just it was a great message of things are going to be more diverse. There's going to be more variety and things are going to be different. And uh, I prayed for that already but it was like oh here we go this is our signal that we're finally going to get it which is crazy because this movie had to have been in development for like two years prior to this right like they i didn't they announce black panther back in like 2015 so it's like they've been planning this 3 years while everyone's like we need more diverse movies poor marvel's like we're trying guys like we're just we're just trying to follow our production budget like or our production like line like we specifically planned this movie to come out in 2018 please like we're trying just just give us a couple of years and trust me you'll thank us and uh and that's what happened clearly because again the box office just killed so that movie ended I drove home happy and when I got home I opened my garage door and it broke uh that that literally when i got home i opened it and then well when i closed the garage door is when it snapped and broke and so my garage door was broken and i had to fix it i was a nightmare one of the worst things in my life uh, clearly first world problems but um it's one of those things you know where you like like your garage door you, people can get into the house like i don't i it's look i get it and i'm not i'm not the handiest uh, hand, I'm not the handiest tool in the basket but uh I had to hire an emergency person to come out and fix it and whatnot, so that's kind of the story around Black Panther, I guess you could say, and then I went and saw it a couple more times, too, I, t- I think I took my parents to go see it, and they loved it as well, uh, so then, at that point, that was that was when, that was almost like the breath before the jump, because after that movie, it was all hands on deck for Avengers Infinity War, and um, And this is where the bulk of my talking in this episode is going to be on Infinity War and Endgame because those movies are incredible. Uh, And I I sort of talked about them in the uh, Best Movies of the Decade podcast, but here's where we're going to dive into them really deep. So, um, Avengers Infinity War is the first time in an incredibly long time that I fully embraced the hype, I fully embraced the joy within me and the excitement for this movie so typically when a marvel movie is slated to come out my enjoyment of it is it was at that time was finding any article that i could accidentally stumbling on spoilers and then going to see the movie and being like wow this was really great i loved it uh, but then at this time when this movie came out I, I had a talk with myself like i sat down and reflected and i was like When I was younger, like when I went and saw *Phantom Menace*, or you know the 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 situation surrounding *Phantom Menace*, like I I discussed that in the uh, the saga or the Skywalker saga podcast as well. Which check it out if you if you haven't um but but there's just there was a lot surrounding Phantom Menace I I got to see that movie early on VHS I had the Star Wars Insider magazine the first issues of that got to check out Natalie Portman all the cool droids Jar Jar Binks I had the toys I had Legos I had the books I had the the you know purchase toys from like Pizza Hut and and all that crap um so you, you it's almost like you're you're I don't even know how to describe it, but you guys know what I'm talking about. You're just fully immersed in the content of that creation. And there's so few movies and films these days that you can actually do that with that are... Uh, Not necessarily adult skewing, but it's like, if you wanted to, oh, the new Trolls movie is coming out? Yeah, I could probably immerse myself in that content too by no doubt reading the Trolls children's books that have been written or buying the dumb Trolls toys at the store, yada, yada, yada. But it's like, oh, I loved The Lighthouse this year. The Lighthouse was an incredible movie. And in order to prepare for that movie, I bought the junior novelization of The Lighthouse. There were some Lighthouse Legos and uh there's a lighthouse toy uh no you don't get that from other like movies any really any other movies except marvel movies for the most part dc2 obviously but basically movies where there's content across multiple mediums different types of art so i don't know what 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 shifted in me but i was just like okay avengers infinity war is coming out this uh, is the culmination of this series kevin feige announced as much he said that this is a part one and a part two Of Infinity War, and at this point they'd announced that they broke it into two movies. But I didn't fool me. Like I knew that was the. the, I'm like, okay, they're just going to change the titles of the movies. It's not going to be a different movie. So, uh, but I decided I was like, you know what? I haven't done that for any of the other Marvel movies where I've just gotten fully immersed in the film, and I was like, I'm going to do that for this movie. And so I, uh, I saw there was going to there was like a special insider look in uh entertainment weekly if you remember they did like a 16 different cover of the entertainment weekly magazine which i used to subscribe to when i was younger i would get entertainment weekly every uh week in the mail and loved reading that but then it was like you know you got the internet you don't need it and and it's paper but But I was like, I need, I want some souvenirs. I want to get immersed. So I picked up a couple of different covers of that. Uh, My parents actually, for my birthday, got me the ultimate guide from Entertainment Weekly as well, which was complete trash, by the way. So, all of you executives out there that are listening from Entertainment Weekly, first off, thank you so much for your patronage. Really appreciate you guys checking me out. Second, I think it's really uh, mean and bad business and tricky tricksy of you to release an entertainment magazine that has all these inside interviews and then release a separate quote unquote commemorative magazine that's twice the price with all of the exact same interviews. That doesn't make sense to me. I guess it makes sense to me in terms of I went to business school and I know how to jip people out of money. But when it comes to being a good person, I guess we can't expect very much from um, many companies. But regardless, I, I didn't buy it. My parents bought it, and it was still great. I've got them all. I'm looking at them right now, staring them at my shelf. So that's part one of the immersion. Part two, I avoided all spoilers. I didn't. So I didn't read a single article. I uh, didn't read a single review. Uh, but what I did instead, because you know sometimes. Um, you know, it's like, I don't have anything to do. uh, So what am I going to do? Oh, I'm going to surf the web. And of course, I'm going to bumble onto some sort of, uh, you know, article. So what I did instead was any time that I wanted to go, you know, maybe had an itch to go see what was going on uh, in the film, I would go on Marvel Unlimited instead. And I would read a comic that was related to the film. So I, I read for what I I think was actually the first time the Infinity Gauntlet storyline. And then I read the Infinity War storyline, and then I read the Infinity Crusade storyline. So I read all three of those before uh, Infinity War came out, which to me... Oh, and then I also read Hickman's Infinity, just the Infinity piece of it. But that helped immensely. That, that enhanced the movie for me so much. So I had all of this knowledge. I pre-ordered tickets for three showings, that was the first time that I had done that, where I bought three sets of tickets in advance. It was uh, opening night. was going to see it with my wife, myself, and Matt, my buddy. We went to eat at uh, uh, Witch Witch, a great place, and uh, drove to the Highlands Ranch Movie Theater. We went and saw it in Dolby and oh, and I and uh, my my cousin came as well. My cousin Harry and his uh, his wife. I, I don't know if she was his wife at that time though. May have just been fiance. But uh, they all we all went and saw. And and the best part was uh, Harry had not seen many of the Marvel movies since. Because if you remember him, my brother and I, we went and saw uh, Age of Ultron in theaters. But he had flown up from Georgia because he lived in Georgia at that time. And so right around this time is when he moved to. Um, to uh, Colorado. I think he moved in in March. So he had been there about a month. And I was like, hey, like, let's do this. And so that's one of the best things in my life uh, in terms of, like, getting to reconnect with my family, Harry's one of my best friends, and so to get to have him back here in Colorado for us to all get to see movies with him was fantastic, so that was a really good experience, um, sit down in that theater, and oh man, so that's, that's also the first time that I, I felt, not true joy, but like that, when people are cheering in the theater, uh, you, you saw it in the other Marvel movies, but this was the movie, I think, where it really became a thing, like a, a part, at least for me, at least, of like, wow, this is a part of the Marvel movies, is, uh the uh the screaming the people screaming in joy so so we're sitting there watching it and um you know how it is i I close my eyes forget everything that i know and i'm just the movie just opens up and i was like oh crap thor oh and i had also i rewatched all of the marvel movies beforehand so i watched all of them prior to seeing this film which was great awesome uh it was just a phenomenal film i loved it i thought it was incredibly fast paced Uh, Every person got a little time to shine. But the true, true amazing scenes in this film, my favorite parts, were... Um, my well, my number one favorite part is Thor showing up at the end, and I'm sure that's everyone's favorite part. But the theater absolutely erupted during that scene. Uh, I also liked any type, any scene with Thanos. I loved because it just had been so long since we'd seen him. I just read all those Infinity stories, and Thanos is one of my favorite Marvel villains. So to see him was just great, and to see how good his CGI was was awesome. Um, oh when Captain America catches the scepter in the train station that was also insane and it was great to see the Black Order they were some of my favorite characters from the comics too I uh, I wasn't a huge fan of what they did with Proxima Midnight my favorite Black Order characters were Proxima Midnight and Corvus Glaive and so to have her almost look like an orc versus the way she looks in the comics was kind of a bummer but Corvus Glaive made up for it because he looked almost perfect and he was kind of creepy Um, but that was good and then the fact that like the Hulk was barely in it that was a a great surprise as well there's just was so much to love in this film and then when the movie just ends the way that it does and the theater just gets really quiet and everyone looks at each other and they don't know what to do and my wife goes well what's going to happen now and I'm like I actually I yeah, she did say that cuz in you know, some she usually says that at the end of the movies cuz she she's not as big a Marvel fan as me. She just go I she goes cuz I would like to think she wants to spend time with me, but I know part of it too is cuz she knows how much I love these films and, and wants to kind of see me react to them. But she was like, "What's going to happen now?" And I I remember I, I said, "I don't know." And I was I said, "I don't know," and I really like that. I was like how often do you get to leave a Marvel movie not knowing what's going to happen next? Because for the most part, you can kind of telegraph what's going to happen next. Like, oh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Well, I guess, I don't know why I picked Spider-Man Homecoming, but I guess you don't really do that in a lot of them. But specifically for this movie, for Infinity War, it was like, I don't know what's going to happen next, and I'm fine with that. And then, boom, Captain Marvel shows up. And, and, oh, the soundtrack was so good, too. I listened to that soundtrack the entire summer, and I still listen to that soundtrack. Infinity Wars was just that good good um and yeah that was directed by anthony and joe russo you had the whole like thanos demands your silence there's just so many cool little memories surrounding that and um and i was just all the more grateful for it because uh it really made that movie special i loved the fact that thanos won um it just it was a it was again another different marvel movie and so after that i saw it multiple multiple times again Uh, but the best memory that i have in regards to seeing that is for my birthday which is on may 11th so it was about you know a week or two after this film came out my wife actually took me to the drive-in and uh there's a drive-in about an hour and a half from our house and uh we went to she's like hey i wanted to take you to the drive and i was like oh whoa like that's really cool and even though there was a drive in i was like well what's playing and she's like i think you're gonna like it it's black panther and then infinity war and then super troopers 2 and i was like oh count me in so we picked up some snacks drove up there the place was amazing the the food there was like you know hot dogs and burgers but they were all like three bucks And so we get down there, and all of a sudden it says there was a change of plans. Instead of Black Panther, it was Rampage with The Rock. Oh, man. Worst off, I had already seen that movie in theaters. So I had to watch that movie again because I wanted to see Infinity War. So we watched Rampage, and then we watched Infinity War, and then we went home. We didn't didn't stay for uh, Super Troopers, but it was such a memorable night because I got to see Infinity War in Dolby imax 3d i went and saw it with ben in imax 3d and then regular and i may have actually seen it in regular 3d and then in the drive-in so i think in terms of the different types of ways that i've seen the film infinity war takes the cake because i didn't get to go see endgame in, in drive-in which is a bummer but hey you can't do the same thing over and over otherwise it's less special so that's avengers infinity war just a just a bear of a movie in the best way and i that's one of my favorite marvel movies that that have come out so far and and so when i think about that movie it's or it's like an orangish orangish gold kind of like the infinity gauntlet um and then uh so at that point you know we were like what's gonna happen you know what's next and so next was ant man and the wasp and i loved it i actually liked ant man and the wasp better than ant man so that movie came out uh right right after I moved we moved into our new house so we moved into our house on July 1st of 2018 and this movie came out July 6th so we were in the house for like 2 or 3 days and I was like hey we're going to go we're going to go see Ant-Man so I went and saw it with Matt opening night and then Lisa and I went and saw it again we went and saw it in um did we go see it in IMAX 3D whatever we went and saw it in, I think it was IMAX 3D it, uh, i don't think she, i don't think she liked it because of the 3d and i and i get that there's some 3d movies that kind of get me on, like get me kind of weirded out but besides that fact ant man and the wasp is is probably one of the most fun marvel movies and it was the perfect and that's probably because it was the perfect film to follow infinity war it was just such a fresh and fun film and it I don't know. It, it captured this sort of zing that the first movie had. Not only that, but Tim Heidecker is in that movie as the whale, the whale man. Um, so that was great. Getting to see all the special features that he had, he had a bunch of outtakes on the on the DVD, the Blu Ray. So check that out because he's absolutely hilarious. But I loved *Amman and the Wasp. I just like I said, it it's it's. I wasn't expecting much from that film, and I wasn't expecting it to be as fun as it was. But it it was just so heartfelt and wholesome and it's like the bad guy ended up kind of being the good guy, and we're just trying to get her mom back, like, it was, the stakes were so low, and the fun was so high, it, I don't know, it was just a special movie, it was really fun, my favorite people and parts in that film, I loved, uh, Jimmy Woo, I love, is that, it's not Jimmy Woo, but Agent Woo, I think is who it was, uh, Park, um, I don't remember his first name, but um so funny he was hilarious every scene that he was in he killed it same with paul i love paul rudd in general so that was great any chance you get to see judy greer is always great along with um i don't remember his name either but the guy who plays her husband in this one the stepfather i love him too and uh luis was great as was t.i and uh, the other guy the two. Uh, oh, and then ghost i love the actress who played ghost i thought she was great um as was it was great to see uh lawrence fishburne cowboy curtis it was great to see him in the movie too that was awesome being goliath there's just so oh and then you had michelle viper it's like michelle viper michelle viper but uh it just it was an all-around great movie and then oh man it's like oh with a cliffhanger not enough for you how about we we dust everybody except for ant-man then i was really confused that ruined my summer i was like well what are we supposed to do now and uh that so that was just crazy to me i and i i love that I, I still try and watch that movie quite a bit because there's just something about it it's one of those movies that you can put on in the background where it's i don't know it's it's the definition of a fun movie so hats off to peyton reed for directing and hats off to chris mckenna eric summers paul rudd andrew Barrer, and gabriel ferrari uh for writing it so that's that was great and then the year ended and it was like well what oh my god what are we supposed to do now like we got to wait a whole year for to figure out what happened in infinity war well then we get captain marvel and oh man captain marvel is both at the same time in sort of in the middle of my favorite marvel movies um and actually that's what that's a treat for you guys at the end of this episode i'm gonna I'll, i'll reveal my list of what i have as my favorite films but um, not only was it one of my favorite sort of things, but it's it's Captain Marvel is one of my favorite Marvel characters, and specifically because of the Kelly Sue DeConnick run uh, from 2012, that series, especially the first six issues, have a ton of meaning to me. Specifically, the first issue, um, not only did it move Captain Marvel in a new direction, but Dexter Soy on art was just absolutely gorgeous. And there's a scene in the last bits of the of the, the issue where um, Captain Marvel's kind of floating in space, taking taking some ashes to float them out into space. And she says, we'll get there, you and me, and we will be the stars that we'll, we were always meant to be. And I just thought that was the most special line. I, I thought it was really special, but to the point that that was actually, when that comment came out was when I first started talking with uh, my now wife. And I had shared that with her, and she thought that was really beautiful too. And so I actually have a—I back in the day, uh, back when I was in college, I made a printout of uh, the those final panels into a giant painting in my – I have it in my basement right now. It's, it's right next to me. I'm looking at it right now. But um, so it was like, it's, it's just a really sentimental thing for me because not only is it a great thing to say, you know, we'll be the stars we were always meant to be, like work hard, do your best sort of thing. But um, I just loved the art. I thought they finally made Captain Captain Marvel a badass, and not only that, but made her just a powerful female woman, like a, a female woman. But you know what I mean. It, it, from what she was before that, when she was Miss Marvel, um, the stories were good and enjoyable. But Kelly Kelly Sue really just took Carol to a whole nother level, and I, I was so happy when this movie was announced, especially when Brie Larson was announced. Uh, to know that they were going to be doing that specific story kind of made me happy and it made me because i if it had been something else like a miss marvel i don't think it would have worked i think people wouldn't have liked it the fact that she's got powers and all that just made for such a better movie and same thing i went and saw this with my wife opening night we both loved it um uh, what are my favorite parts? Oh, okay. My number one favorite part for sure is when she freaking blows through the spaceship at the end. Are you kidding me? And then when she punches uh, Jude Law's character, uh, just that whole end, because that's when she's finally full power, when she's the Captain Marvel I know and love. And so that was just great to see her standing up to the battalions of fighters. But not only that, but uh, the character pieces with her and uh, Maria Rambo. And even with Samuel L. Jackson, all of that was great. Basically, once they are all a team, the movie just kicks into high gear. And I loved how this was a movie that did a great job of showing how you can sh- have an origin story movie that isn't necessarily an origin story because it takes place in the in the present, in the '90s present. But um, the the origin piece is through flashbacks, which is how I always hoped spider-man would be you after after uh, toby mcguire spider-man i was always like the perfect spider-man movie would be uh we don't see any of the same stuff from the other spider-man we just get a flashback even if it's in the opening credits of uncle bay uncle ben dying and then that's it and so this kind of felt like my wish coming true of, of we never really got an origin we just got flashbacks which is great and uh, I just, I loved this movie, I saw so I saw it with my wife, and then I went and took my mom to go see it, because I, I knew she'd like it, and she did, and I don't remember if my brother went and saw it, I may have taken him, oh yeah, 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 I went and saw it with my brother and with Harry, and uh, Stevie actually liked it, he did not like it once the after credits started, but he said he really enjoyed that scene uh, at the farm in Louisiana, or wherever it was that they were, where, um, there's just a, He said there were some shots there that were really good, and then they ruined it is, I think, what he said. So, um, Obviously, you've you've heard his thoughts on these sort of things. But uh, but it was just a great movie. Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck did a great job directing and writing, and, along with uh, Geneva Robertson-Dwar in writing. Um, I hope the sequel is even more balls to the wall. I hope we get to see Carol at full power the entire time. I'm a big OP guy. We're uh, overpowered. I just like Dragon Ball Z. That's why I love anime so much is getting to see those gigantic, insane fights. I hope we get to see that in the next Captain Marvel movie because both of her movies, she's been in this and Endgame. Her biggest move is just flying through a spaceship, which is great. Again, no complaints, but I really want to see her just wrecking shop and destroying people. So that would that would be great. Um, And it grossed a ton of movies. So to all the haters out there, sorry. Um. So yeah, so then um, and then we got a great after credit scene there too of the Where's Fury. My dad actually loved that scene. He actually, he never saw the movie in theaters. He saw it on a plane flight and he was like, "That scene where she shows up and says Where's Fury. I love that." And I was like, "Yeah, here we go. Let's go see Avengers Endgame." And um, so I ended up I and we'll move into that right now. So, Avengers Endgame, uh, arguably the most anticipated movie for me of the decade. Uh, as you all know, I I sort of tweeted it, but I have changed my top films of the decade, or again, favorite films of the decade. I moved Avengers Endgame to number five. And the reason for that being the films in front of it now, which are Drive, Inception, Interstellar, it's in order, Interstellar, and Tree of Life, those movies are all original movies. Sure, maybe a a piece of it is based on a something or other, but those movies are all original. Avengers: Endgame is based on 22 other movies, and that's a that's a testament to itself. But I really wanted to reward the creativity of those other films. Plus, literally, anytime I think about what the greatest movie of all time is, a Tree of Life always pops in my head. So I, I I felt like I put it up there because I loved this movie this year. But and spoilers to those of you who are going to be. Um, listening to the top films of 2019 when my brother and I talk about it, this is my top film of 2019. and, and uh, it's gonna it's gonna be hard to top this film because uh, it's just it's it's a perfect film. I don't think there's anything wrong with this film other than there's not enough action and that's just me complaining because I like action. It's not because of the plot. The plot necessitates that there isn't a lot of action. And uh, yeah, so it it uh, in terms of prep for this movie, uh i reread infinity or no no what did i read because i'm like this was even a uh, even better kept secret because it was like what is the end what is end game what does that mean what comics can i read to prepare myself for this movie and uh what did i even read i read a philosophy book on the philosophy of the avengers i read a couple of uh, issues of that didn't help at all uh to get my fix i um I'm just trying to think. Were there any other? Thing? I I read some Thanos stuff. It was really hard. I don't think I ever ended up reading anything actually, because I was like, you know what? I can't find it. I would rather go into this movie knowing absolutely nothing, because that worked out really well for Infinity War. So I, you know, I waited with bated breath for the trailers whenever they came out, and that was incredible. I was I was at my cousin's house uh, the morning that the the trailer dropped, and it was uh, I was on the bathroom, and I was just watching it. I was like, oh man, this is amazing and um uh so then I'm trying to think of what else I did, actually didn't do as much prep for end game as I did for infinity where the only thing I did also was I uh rewatched all of the marvel movies. I rewatched almost all of them. So I did a different rewatch for this one. I did um I rewatched Cap I did Captain America, the 3 Captain America movies. And then the Avengers movies. And the reason for that was I figured since this is the final Avengers movie of this of this series, I wanted to watch all of the Avengers movies. But then since this is also the final Russo movie, I wanted to watch all the Russo's because maybe there'd be some tie-in from one of the others. So so I just did all the Captain Americas and then I did the the um, the Avengers and, and that I think was perfect. I thought it was absolutely perfect. It was great. And, um, and I, at that time I'd gotten them all in 4k. So it was actually the first time that I had watched them all in 4k. So that was just a treat and absolute pleasure. And so going to see this film, same thing, I, uh, I pre ordered I had to go to the theater to pre-order these tickets because the apps crashed, as you guys are familiar with. So I drove to the movie theater and pre-ordered three days worth of tickets. Uh, but then as I stated in, in a prior podcast, I saw this movie seven times in theaters And so I am going to now – I'm going to hold my fingers up because I tried saying it last time, but I I want to make sure I get them all right. So I saw it opening night on Thursday in Dolby with with my brother and um, my brother Harry, Matt, and his girlfriend. And then I saw it again on the next day with my friend Ben. And then I saw it again the following day with my wife. And then I saw it with my mom – and then I saw it with my uh, my brother, my other brother, Joey. That's five. And then and then Matt and I went and saw it again. He had texted me and was just like, hey, do you want to go see Avengers again? And I was like, uh, yeah, let's do it. And then the final time I saw it was the re-release when they, uh, they didn't add any extra footage, but they just put some bonus content at the end. I actually went and saw that with David Rosen from the Marvel Studios News Discord, which was great. It was a Discord meetup. Um, but it was good and, and even it was in a smaller theater too because you know by then it had been a couple months since it came out but the theater was still packed and it was it just it was great to see it so many, that movie is really special to me And that's why I think like I said that's why I think it's hard to categorize you know oh, I love this movie. I love that movie yeah, yeah, yeah. Each of these movies has a different sort of feeling to them for me. So this movie is really special to me because it capped everything off. It truly provided an ending that I didn't think I actually wanted, but I know I needed, uh, because you can't keep telling stories with the same person forever. Like you got to move on at some point, and so to have that was really great, really powerful, and also really emotional and sad. Um, but to get the end, the perfect ending for absolutely everybody is near impossible, and they pulled it off. Um, and, and of course we get the best scenes in the world, which I lost my mind screaming during these scenes which were um thor or captain america catching the hammer and then wrecking shop uh you know harnessing the full power of thor and it was funny because there's been a lot of debate about it but it's like i it didn't even cross my mind the minute he held the hammer and started wielding the lightning i was like okay he's you know whoever holds this hammer possesses the power of thor the power of thor is lightning so it was like awesome he's wielding the lightning and and so that was great and so was uh The whole port, everything portal-wise, the whole portal scene. um, I cried when I was watching it. It it, it was just, and then I cried again when Iron Man died, Uh, and then the whole ending. It was just, I cried with Captain America too because I had. So going into the movie, I luckily again. I I'm really. I've realized I'm really good. At forgetting everything that I thought I knew about the film when I go into it, so it actually makes me enjoy the film way more. But beforehand, I did have some predictions, and my predictions were that Iron Man was going to retire, Captain America was going to die, and, uh, and 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 that was that was basically what my prediction was going to be. And uh, so to have it be flip flopped, I couldn't have been happier because I was like, I was so upset with myself. I was like, you should have, I should have seen it coming. You have Captain America, who throughout every single movie has always been selfless. He has always thought of others. And so in this final movie, what does he get as his present? He gets to be selfish. And then you have Iron Man, who is selfish all of his movies. So what does he get at the end? He gets to be selfless to give himself up. Um, But not only that, he also got to retire. And so I should have known that too because I didn't see it coming. Um, but they, they choreograph it when, when they show up at the cabin and Iron, he's, got, he's got a wife, he's got a kid. You immediately should have known at that moment that, oh, he's going to die in this movie. But if that wasn't enough, when he shows up at the compound, he says, you know, I, I got to tell you, Cap, um, I got a couple priorities. Uh, getting every, everything back that we lost? Absolutely. Keeping everything that we've gained? I have to. And maybe not dying in the process. And I was like, "Oh wow!" Like seeing that on the—I think it took me a couple times seeing it, but I was like, "Wow, that's uh, that's really powerful." And then, funny enough, my least favorite scene in this film is—well, uh, and it's—it's it's funny to say that because. I love all bits of it now, but whenever I would go to the bathroom is how I would describe this. Anytime I went to the bathroom is when Tokyo showed up on the screen because I was like, okay, I I don't need to see this again. Like I know Hawkeye is going to come back, but I didn't realize and I've realized more and more is the, the fact that they were able to put a whole entire one take in in this film the one take of hawkeye attacking everybody is brilliant not a single cut like oh my god they 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 tw- they did so many powerful things in this film they got that the crazy opening scene uh the the jazz music and the score the fi- the finale the fact that there's no action in this film until the very end though my brother will argue uh about the uh, the nuances of what the word action means but nobody fights in this film until that final fight no one actually fights Uh, It just so, so, and even better than that was right before that, I would say right around Captain Marvel is when um, I got onto Marvel Studios News podcast. I found that podcast. And so I actually was able to be on the Discord and to join a community of people who loved Marvel as much as I did just in time to celebrate this movie. So I don't think there's been another movie in my life that I've had so many people that I was constantly talking with about the film. Whether that was over voice chat or messages or in public, it's just... The memories that I have from Avengers Endgame are second to none. Same as the memories from Captain Marvel, Avengers Infinity War, and in this final movie, Spider-Man: Far From Home. And we'll we'll get to that at the end because, like I said, I'm not going to talk too much on Spider-Man: Far From Home. I just want to say that these movies changed my life, and and in a in a, in the most subtle of ways. This you know, I didn't I didn't go see a Marvel movie and walk out of the theater going, I'm a changed man. But these movies have guided me throughout all these years. I've been a lover of comic books. I've been a lover of fantasy and dreams and imagination. And these movies embody that to the fullest extent. And so to to the fact that I could see these big budget CGI beauties on screen, getting to watch my heroes be, uh, be brave and bold and powerful and strong is just amazing. It's so cool to me. And I don't I hope I hope the feeling continues is all I can say. I, I can't say whether or not it will. I can only tell you that I can hope for it. And um I I just know that if I go into these other films the same way, not going, Oh, I hope Black Widow is gonna be as good as how she was in Infinity War. Oh, I hope Shang Chi is gonna is gonna do well. I'm gonna go into these new films the same way that I went into all the other Marvel movies, which was knowing that I'm gonna do my best to love them and enjoy them for what they are. Nitpick them if I have to, but um, I just I'm just so excited for the future of Marvel, and none more apparent than in Spider Man Far From Home. So when that movie came out, um, it came out the w- weirdest thing in the world that it came. My wife and I went and saw it on a Tuesday. Uh, and I was still working, I hadn't even gotten on 4th uh, of July break yet, but went and saw that movie, and oh my goodness was it funny, I, I liked Far From Home, and I'm gonna have to re-watch both of them at the same time, but I liked Far From Home better than Homecoming, and I, I have not seen Homecoming since Far From Home, but uh, I did, I thought I did, the, the comedy just hit me better, I loved the globe trotting, even though it was still kind of a trope, uh, it was great to see Peter in all the different costumes. and I liked the re-release. I thought the re-release added some great stuff, but that scene in the beginning with the Avengers was fantastic. Uh, the the memorial as was everything Mysterio related Mysterio it just it's been a good Marvel uh, uh, last few movies for me because Mysterio is another one of my favorite Marvel villains he's actually I would say I haven't made a count yet but he's definitely in my top Spider Man villains that's for sure I've got a I've got multiple paintings of Mysterio in my basement as well so um, he's just it's a uh, Jake all did such a good job. the the scenes, the whole Mysterio tricking Peter scenes were, were so crazy and so good in four K too. Uh, when I checked those out, but it just it was a good movie to me because it let me know that the universe was going to be okay without Tony and Steve and uh, the other people who died um because they they honored them and now we're gonna get to see these new movies move into a new direction and i am so excited for that you know that's it's it's kind of a thing that happens in comics too you you read comics if you read comics as frequently as like someone like myself you I, i tend to get bored and I'm sure you've noticed that too in terms of me having less uh, comics podcasts on here. There's some coming, I promise. But um, it's just, you know, you keep reading these, these comics over and over and over. Imagine, imagine having to read uh, like 10 different magazines every single week you're going to get bored. You're going to get overloaded. You're going to be like, God, I thought this story was over by now. Like, that's how I feel with Age of X-Men with a couple of other stories in Marvel that are in Marvel Unlimited right now. It's like, can you just be over and can you just go on to a new story? And so the the best example of that is Hickman's, uh, Hickman's X-Men. So when that came out, it was, it was so phenomenal, so good. And then when that series ended and the Dawn of X came, those stories were really good. But I'm starting to get bored with those stories. I need something new to hook me. And something new came along in the most recent X-Men uh, issue. But that was, you know, 20, we're like 20 issues in in this story. So to have a cap with Avengers Endgame to say, all right, we're done and then to have an epilogue of Spider-Man far from home to say, yeah, we're done, but here's kind of how things are going to look in the future. It just meant so much to me because I can already tell that these new Marvel movies are going to be so different and they're going to be they're going to really push things along with all the Disney Plus shows. It's just it's a great time to be alive and I, and, and for the Infinity Saga and myself, that is I guess the final message that I'd want to leave with this is I am so lucky, I am so grateful to be in the position that I'm in, not only the position of getting to talk about these sort of things and have people actually listen to them, but in the position of being a human with the consciousness that I have right now, doing the things that I'm doing in my life. I get to read comics about my favorite characters. I get to watch movies about my favorite characters. I get to see those movies become the highest grossing movies of all time. See little kids dress up as Black Panther and Captain Marvel. Things that I would have never seen when I was a kid and would have been too scared or or embarrassed to try and do myself. It's just it feels it feels great it feels really good in all in all respects and it's just it's a great time to be a fan and honestly it's a great time to be a fan of anything but if if you're a fan of marvel now there's no better time than right now and this is something something my old boss always used to say and i think this is totally true and i stand by is is and I'll, i'm gonna finish off with this on this infinity saga is there is nowhere else that i would rather be than right now right here with you. And I truly believe that we are living in a really wonderful time right now where you can go to the movies and see Avengers Endgame, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The, the Lighthouse, Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker, uh, Jumanji. I mean, the list goes on and on. You just have such a variety of movies to go see in theaters, to check out on Netflix. We live in an age where, yeah, oh no, oh no, the streaming wars are going to take away movie theaters. Guys, you have no control over that, honestly. You have you can go see a million movies, and you're not going to change that. Us as a whole in society, yeah, we do. You know, we, the more we go see them, the more they're going to stay. But you as an individual, you don't really have that much say. Um, but what what you are living in is a time where you've got multiple streaming services vying for your favor and they're doing so by creating content that is really, really, really good. You've got Disney Plus coming out with multiple Marvel shows, Star Wars shows, not only that, but their entire Disney catalog. You've got uh, Netflix coming out with movies like The Irishman and uh, Dolomite Is My Name and Six Underground, along with shows like Stranger Things and uh, and then you've got like HBO with Watchmen and his Dark Materials and uh, you know all the other stuff. That's there's just there's so much content to consume right now. And and why wouldn't you want to be a part of something like that, right? Like imagine, just imagine for a second that you are who you are right now with the full knowledge that you have right now, but you're living in the 1920s, or hell, you're living in the 1600s. Can you imagine? That you're you know, when your biggest problem in Maslow's hierarchy of needs is, oh, I need I, I need food. I need to go get some food. And obviously, obviously, that is a problem that people today still face, which is terrible and tragic. But for for this conversation, I'm saying you didn't back back even in the nineteen eighties, it wasn't, ooh, you know, what what's streaming tonight? Like what, ooh, what shows can I watch? I could binge watch this. You didn't even know what that word was. And now we're living in a time where we've got twenty-three excellent marvel movies 20 excellent marvel movies but you know what i'm trying to say you've got star wars movies lord of the rings you've got so much stuff it's just an amazing time to be alive i think in history this time this period this epoch will go down as one of the best times in art Uh, which is kind of scary because typically when things are going really well, that's when things are about to go downhill. Uh, But let's not hope for that. Let's stay positive as we go into this decade, into this new 2020. Let's celebrate the things that we love. Watch the movies you love. Love the characters that you love. Read the books you love. uh, Read the comics you love. Whatever it is that you love doing, enjoy it to the fullest and just be grateful that you're alive to experience that sort of stuff and that hopefully, you know, you, you'll you be able to experience it for many more years to come. So, after that long-winded uh, story, for Comics and Cinema, I'm your host, Alex Klein, and thank you so much for going with me on this journey of the Infinity Saga and me. May, I was about to say, may Marvel Studios be with you, but we'll just end it on saying, I'll see you guys at the movies. <music>